0: What's up, guys? Thanks for tuning in. This is Jonathan McKinney, your host of The Entrepreneur Mindset, where you're going to hear business advice, wisdom, tactics, strategies that you can apply to your own business and execute on. Heavy emphasis on execution. Thanks again for tuning in. Hope you enjoy the show. Hey, guys, and welcome to episode four of The Entrepreneur Mindset Uh, This episode, I got to sit down with Dr. Jeremy Langett of the University of Lynchburg, and we dove into some awesome content on marketing, public relations, uh, and and so many topics that surround that conversation. And I normally spend a pretty good, healthy amount of time with clients, uh, new clients uh, on this topic. And that is the why. Why do we do what we do, post what we post, share what we share? What does it mean to us? What does values-based marketing mindset mean in regards to our business and how we market it? So if you're wondering where to begin, this conversation is typically the spearhead conversation that I begin with a lot of clients. So stay tuned, I know you'll get value. And I'm gonna do one more thing here. And that is, I'm going to ask you, if you've gotten value from this episode or the previous ones, I know we're young in this, but I think there's a lot of value here and where we're going with this podcast. I'd love it if you would just share this with a friend, take a screenshot of listening to this, post it out there, tag somebody. It would mean the world to me if you did that. Again, thank you for tuning in. I look forward to your feedback. Let me know what you got out of it, and we'll talk soon. All right, I am here with Dr. Jeremy Langett. Uh, If you want to introduce yourself, who are you, where where we're at, and uh, what do you do here? Well, hello,
1: I'm Jeremy Langett, and I'm an associate professor of communication at the now University of Lynchburg. Mm -hmm. And I teach mainly in the public relations emphasis area in the communication department. So our department's segmented into four tracks or emphases I teach mainly in the public relations embassies. Gotcha. And you've been here at Lynchburg College for how long? <laughs> Lynchburg College, I think it was five years. Now it will be six or seven years at the University of Lynchburg. So I think we okay. understood that it was informally going to be University of Lynchburg when we were still at Lynchburg College. And then the official decision happened. And the next thing you know, we're at the University of Lynchburg. Yes. But seven years total, total on this
0: campus. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, so I think when I first started here, um, whatever year that was, I started as a history major, secondary education, I was going to teach high school students, and I took my first communication studies class, and immediately changed my major, because this is where it's at, communication. We like to think so, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So um yeah so we've had a long history of of uh conversations i guess over the years um and i just wanted first of all thank you this is this is huge um for me because i love picking your brain anytime i can pick away um yeah let's let's jump right in marketing um marketing is is a big term used today and i think anybody who knows me too well knows i like to jump over into that public relations conversation um But uh, yeah, so talking to entrepreneurs, this day and age we find ourselves, social media, what does this stuff mean? Where would you start this conversation? Yeah, so I'll preface my
1: comments by saying I will be biased in the communication perspective as well. And for me, you cannot market without communicating. Mm -hmm. And marketing for us, people who study com, uh, people who have practiced in public relations, is a little bit limiting about your audience. So we we understand that audience basically drives so much of an organization, right, from who you are as an organization, Mm. what your value proposition is, your brand, and then of course all of the social media that you mentioned are are an outgrowth of that. So for effective communication, we have to have a clear story first, and a lot of that's based on our internal values, what we find to be most important, Mm. what's our, our differentiator across other competitors that might be doing similar types of work, but rather than saying we're going to market this out, I would rather suggest that we're building relationships with a number of audiences, some of whom could eventuate into customers or consumers, but we don't really know if that's going to be the case unless we have strong relationships across the board. So we Mm -hmm. use that term stakeholder. So we're trying to cultivate relationships with stakeholders, and these are audiences that might have an impact on an organizational mission, but they don't necessarily have to be customers. So that's a big part for me at least. When I look at this strategic communicative activity, sure, some of it could be perceived as marketing because it's bringing aboard customers, but why not set the the environment or the conditions for relationships across the board with other partners and and that can have a, a healthier type of influence on
0: those guys. Yeah, I think one of the, there's so many influential pieces of redefining I say things all the time in ignorance And after you learn a few things, you go, oh, this would have been the better, you know, wording. And we talked, I remember at times about brand management. And one of the most influential thought processes, I guess I gleaned from my time here, was who owns the brand. Mm -hmm. And we talk, because everybody on here, I'm doing, I'm branding, I'm what, and we use the term days. Lackadais- I mean, we're quite lazy about what we actually mean. I don't know that we think of what we mean. I could be arguing semantics here, but I think it's important yes. of who owns the brand. So, so talk to me a little bit about. Well, if, if you're taking, let's just go specific to social media. I'm you going to use my social media as a tool? I think people use that phrase. Yeah. I'm going to use it as a tool, but to what end? To what purpose? Around this brand? Yeah. So I like
1: to start by acknowledging that there are countless definitions of the word brand, hmm. right? Initially, we looked at it as literally a brand on a cattle to claim ownership, ah, but what's yeah. happened is we mm. wanted to kind of have a, a concept that allows experience to enter into the communication that's happening between, between an organization and, and different audiences. So there's a gentleman named Kevin Lane Keller who talks about a brand as the sum of all perceived functions and values mm-hmm. of an organization. And what that now means is that any contact point that an audience member has that's reflective of the organization is part of the brand. So that means the social media, of course, would be this formalized part of your brand because you're trying to reflect the values and the value proposition. But that also means your interpersonal dialogue that you have with uh, organizational stakeholders would be part Mm -hmm. of the brand. That also means the concrete outside of your office building is part of the brand. And nice. so we have yeah. to always think about the the big picture as to what the brand represents, and I think Keller's definition does that because it's based on perceptions, but it's not the perceptions of you; it's the audience's. Yeah. And so you can manage the brand, but you don't really own it. It's the audience who ultimately owns your brand. If that yeah. makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and we think, and what what you know, for me, we jokingly we said, you know, what. When I talk to people about this, whether it's consulting or whatever, and I'm trying to get them to understand something, they're like, "What do I do on social media? What do I do this?" And I go, "Well, let's take Nike, big brand, right?" And we go, "And I go, you tell me what's Nike's brand, right?" Yeah. And they were never told. You know, Nike never right. said when someone asks you what our brand is, tell them this, right? You just formulate it, and yeah. and that's why I love some of all perceived functions and values, values, right? And you yeah. said the outside. Is there trash outside on the sidewalk before you walk in, or is it nice and clean? Are the windows all hand-printed up from, right. you know, at Yogurt Yeti, all the kids touching? How how often do we clean the window? Because it's our brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people miss that when you walk around and you see, uh, you know, I'm thinking on a day like today, a lawn equipment guy, or a lawn guy, and he's going to have to put in extra work to make sure his stuff looks clean, or else he looks like the guy who just went mudding in his tractor, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I, lo- I love that. And, and this day and age, right before this even got started, we kind of talked about the different mediums. Yeah. So um, people, I think it is, I think at the end of the day, we do want to brand manage, mm-hmm. um, and we do want to accomplish this with the tool of social media. It's such a powerful tool. Right? Mm-hmm. Nobody's doubting that at this point. Um, so what do we do then with so many different mediums, how do you know which one works for your brand, which for the brand management side? What works and what doesn't? And how do you formulate that from a business standpoint? Yeah, well you're asking the right question
1: because you think about what do I want to accomplish first? So that's the question that we need to answer. And then we look at the variety of tools that have their unique characteristics about them. Mm-hmm. If I need to keep my audiences updated instantaneously, then Twitter certainly has that capability. If I need to introduce my audience to a more long-winded argument, then perhaps a blog might serve its purposes best. And then of course we can use Convergence and integrate a tweet that's linked up to a blog. And so we're working with the the, the sum of those tools. But I, I think the question that isn't asked very often is how do we get what we want to accomplish with the tools that are available to us? So I always talk about this as putting the cart before the horse right so let's figure out what is it that we want to accomplish and then we have a variety of tools how can these tools assist us in accomplishing what is that we want to accomplish Mm -hmm. that seems basic and fundamental but I don't blame anyone for hopping online and being exposed to so many different media and wondering where I begin well reflect inward first what is it that you want to accomplish now let's take some time to think about the characteristics and features of all these media and all these tools what do we think is going to be most helpful for it
0: Mm -hmm. so from a from a business uh, standpoint, again, I own a small business, and uh, you know, I would say, I don't want to put a percentage, some arbitrary number to it or anything, but quite often, I'm asked, "What do I say? What do I put out there? How you know? What do I want to do?" I like where you're going. Go internal first, right? So, where do you start those conversations? Where have you started those conversations in the past? about helping someone when you're deciding key messages to target audiences, et cetera, et cetera.
1: So I think the most important public relations document or tool that you'll ever develop is a mission, right? The Mm. mission should be incontrovertible. It should be always available to you. And it takes a little bit of reflection, but then remember writing mission statements or looking at values or looking at what we want to accomplish. And then that's our our go-to in times good and times bad. So from that, it should be able to formulate a couple of key uh, values and, and messages and, and services that you can provide, but have that either in paper or on file first and then work from from there. But I, I think that the, the internal reflection is so incredibly important because we know how superficial a lot of messages that are placed by other organizations can be if they're not attached to anything real, anything concrete, like core values that are on a mission. And then we've talked about it in crisis constantly Because if any of these organizations face adversity, where do they turn for messaging? It's very simple. You look inward, you see what the mission says, and then you you execute against it, and we're not trying to work from the seam of our pants across different social media. Mm -hmm. So I think the mission statement, right? As boring as that sounds, uh, it actually operates on a couple of really important theories, narrative theory and structuration theory, but instead of going into that, just sort of understand how that can be used beneficially for organizations.
0: Yeah, and I like one of the, phrases i guess this was months ago. months ago but um discipline creates freedom right we take discipline to to sit down and create something so basic as yeah. a mission statement you know you know what your business is especially these one man shows right and I, I meet tons of them amazing people with an amazing heart they want to just do this for the rest of their life they love it they might hire a few people you know kind of kind of thing but for the most part the whole ship is being steered and run by them and they don't have to think what their value is; they know it, right? Mm-hmm. And this has actually become a very, very interesting conversation uh, with some of the the um, people in my sphere of influence. Here is, yeah, how do you know what your values are if you haven't taken the time to think about it? And Good question. we we go, oh, that sounds nice, right? I like that guy's. He said something integrity. That's nice. I'll I'll use that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that we've considered what that means to truly assimilate that, mm-hmm. which is so funny to think you think that's an auto include, right? It's, it sounds good. Mm-hmm. So therefore it's good. So I'll take it. And the words we're using kind of in this one group of mine is, is, are you renting your values? Hmm. Those sound nice. I'll take that. But the moment a challenge might come, are they, are you still going to pay the the rent to keep it? You know, right. or does that, is that the first one to go? Cause you haven't really owned it. And so that's kind of the thought process that we're going through. Yeah. Um, how, how do you how do we take the time as a business before we start externally communicating, right? To define us as a thing and say, this is going to be it. So, I mean, in your experience, and, and I'm, I'm going back, I'm bad with names. I'm wanting to say Demon and Company. That was it. Nice. I, I don't know how to spell it, though. Unfortunately, it merged.
1: So now it's NFM Demon. NFM nfm Demon. N-F-M Demon. Okay. Yeah. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh Independent Marketing Communications Agency. It was yeah. chaired by a gentleman named John Demon. I was in the advertising hall of fame, longtime veteran at Ketchum, which is a global public relations agency. Okay. Yeah. And my my uh, superior in that organization, her name was Jennifer Faines, who was also vice president at Ketchum. So, a really fantastic organization of of long-term strategic communication thinkers. Yeah. and certainly influenced my career choice moving sure. forward
0: yeah so how much time do you spend I mean how, how important is it is it do you just quickly write it down do you you know how much how much in because they would hire on companies that want you to do little to the whole thing right? Yep. and how much time did you all spend with them on some of this creation some of this so let's look at the the validity of a claim that your organization values
1: integrity For a claim to hold up you need to have support Uh right so it's our job and those of the organization to unearth where are all the supports that would suggest that your organization does in fact Uh value integrity and that takes time and it takes a workshop and it takes a little bit of looking at uh, organizational operations or or case studies and saying oh yeah I've, i've noticed where we actually do deliver against integrity but someone else says, well, this other term that suggests honesty is, yeah, is a big uh-huh. part. But we're, we're, our, our business, it, we know that honesty is, is sort of a given, but we don't really have the support for it. So maybe we don't use that language even though we might still be honest and we're moving right. on those that we can support. And so once again, the audience owns our brand, which we yeah. say in the abstract, it's important that we can support everything that we're saying and then we deliver it. Yeah. But uh, to your original question, that, that requires a little bit of uh, an internal audit of organization employees, and then matching up that data from organizational uh, customers or external stakeholders who would be familiar with the organization, Yeah. and seeing if they think parallel on right. integrity as a value, or is that not the experience?
0: That's an interesting question. So, And here's something super self-serving, because you can call Jonathan McKinney at... Just kidding. Yeah. So, are you best to do it your own on your own? Do you really audit your own? And maybe not just the one man. Maybe we've got fifty employees or two hundred, or it doesn't matter. Is that something? Well, hopefully you're doing it before you have any employees, and you're spending the time up front, uh, and it evolves along the way. But if you're, let's say we've got twenty-five to fifty employees today, and we want to take on a whole new brand management, we want to hire somebody to do it. Um, do you have the times where they go? oh man, you know, in fact, we don't have that. Not only do we not really show that value, maybe sometimes the opposite. We actually have support for where we're not showing integrity or honesty. <laughs> How many times does that happen? Well, I think to your point,
1: it's helpful to have an external agency or someone who's, who's tasked with looking and investigating and, and yeah. researching because everyone else is involved in your day-to-day organizational operations. Yeah. So it only it kind of makes sense to get this assistance to to look through and to make sure you can uncover the the support for integrity. Right. So it, it, it's part of a process for strategic planning. If you'd wanna be very clear on your communicative identity, then absolutely it makes total right. sense to make sure that your values are clear, that they're supported, and then we can move forward knowing that we're going to work against what we're saying we're working against yeah, yeah yeah, Right. so it's the connection between the identity and the image you always keep that parallel if it breaks then you've got a PR problem which right. is really a relationship problem uh-huh. and then that takes a, a lot more damage control effort than if you just did it right the first time and it might take a day of workshopping but at least you know it's solid right it's concrete yeah yeah,
0: yeah. I just wonder how many businesses are shocked you know they just you come in <laughs> and you go I have zero support for your integrity claim. You know, you yeah. just go, you know, and, and they go, okay, how can we, we know it, it's there, we just don't have any tangible, anything we can point to. That's right. Um, Look yeah. at BP. I mean, let's blow this up to a
1: major global international corporation. BP, yeah. the color green, was supposed to be representative of its environmental efforts and environmental sustainability yep. and stewardship. And so what happened after twenty what 2010? 2000, i think 2009 2010 yeah it's the last value that you think an external audience would uh, associate bp with right so you know not executing against your values and and this is where you end up but it works at any scale whether you're a global international corporation or even a a single person shop a small business
0: and i remember that uh, the 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 funny phrase the, the ceo at the time no longer the ceo but uh no one wants to get back to their life more than me. Anymore. Gosh,
1: you really paid attention at some of. Those sometimes,
0: others. sometimes, That's great, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, just I remember you just you just have to laugh. At some point, you because you do this case study and you just go, really, you know <laughs> where where in your mission statement was that you know where in that and you're a massive worldwide huge organization with so many people counting on you. How many jobs were lost? How many people lost their job because the equity goes down, stakeholders are mad, and all of a sudden you're fired off all these people because you can't respond like you should have. Yeah.
1: No and, one else wanted his life back more than himself. I okay. just want my life back. I want this over with. That, yeah. that was the, the crux of the message. Sure. And you would have hoped that someone would have tackled him on the way <laughs> to the conference yeah. and said, what is it that you're prepared to say? Yeah. Right? And yeah. It, it couldn't have been worse. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think that might have been our crisis communication class or I don't remember when you brought that up right. but uh you know it all starts to merge together this communication idea um and you know I I, I still I still come back to, to social media because right now I think for a business to communicate learn uh engage let's not say communicate engage with their audience no tool is stronger right now than being able to have something that's so in, in instantaneous. And it has changed everything, right? And some of the biggest people I follow, we talk about how much work can be done today from 9 p.m. until 3 a.m. now that was never available to us before. I can engage one-on-one or one-to-many or whatever with as many people that are following my account or or not Um, And I can plug into conversations on Twitter with hashtags and doing this and Mm -hmm. to things that from, you know, now I don't suggest you stay up that late if you've got a business to run, but these hours that used to be shut off, you you can't call their business phone that rings and rings and no one's there, Mm -hmm. hopefully an answering machine, and they get back to you the next day. Well, now I can engage so powerfully. So it's just such a powerful tool. And I think of businesses, and we talked a little bit about this, the medium is the message sort of approach. And... What, um, what sort of thought do you give from communicating your value to whether you choose a specific medium or not? It's a
1: great question. I, once again, looking at objective, what is it that you want to accomplish? But we'd want to be aware that everyone's a publisher in 2018. So mm-hmm. I, I buy into the and idea of social media and a specialist. <laughs> so the 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 media, that social media, twenty four seven news cycles, wonderful. But the a couple of months ago, I, here on campus we have a, a biomedical science professor who also happens to make bow ties in his spare time. His name is Blair Price. Doctor Price Blair. Yeah, or Price Absolutely. Blair. Sorry, yes, Doctor yeah. Price Blair. And he's he's operating on Facebook. He's got some followers, mm-hmm. and he's building out. And I said. Price, you've got such a fascinating story. Do you mind if I write up a news release for you and I'll send it out to the advance and we'll just see what happens. And sure enough, he was covered A1, first page of of the news in advance. Nice. And it wasn't just the hard copy because what happened then ultimately is he would share this media hit on his social media and then all of his followers were just incredibly excited for him Nice. that he was on A1, the, the front page, and then he was also producing this wonderful... A hobby, And they yeah. all share the news in advance story across yeah. their networks. So it was this traditional media, right, yeah. that really catalyzed the relationship to social media. And right. so there's that great convergence that was occurring because it's such a cool story idea. But because everyone's a publisher, it doesn't matter how wonderful and creative I am. If I'm not getting a third party endorsement from uh-huh. one of those media, that's... I'm missing out on an opportunity yeah so to your point if i'm looking for publicity i'm looking for raising awareness of a very basic communication mm-hmm. objective don't forget about the power of what a media gatekeeper publication like the news in advance or you want to aim a little higher Roanoke times philadelphia Inquirer, whatever it might be sure because if you're getting stories that's being shared and and building your your impressions exponentially higher hmm. so i'm never like I don't let the supplanting because a lot of people come at that discussion what you made and I, I agree social media is wonderful it's evolutionary but it hasn't supplanted a lot of the great benefits that we get with traditional media relations work yeah and and certainly thinking about audience and and we, we still have audiences depending on whom you're targeting that yeah. read church bulletins right church bulletins are still are the trusted source yeah of information for so many audiences so uh, that can be shared online of course and then we have reaching other audiences but I, I, I love social media. I just don't want it to be perceived as supplant, to be, have been, sorry, it's late in the afternoon, yeah. to see it take <laughs> over the power and the benefits of a, a traditional media outreach program as well.
0: And we may need coffee. So <laughs> I, I know I'm hitting my midday uh, rush. And then, of course, I've got a long night ahead of me. So, Excellent. Um, yeah, the, uh, and, and absolutely, for, for me, I spend a lot of time, with social media now because of the efficiency of it and what you know a real estate agent by day superhero dad at night but during the day i have to uh, save the world and put out fires with this i i listened to some of the people other agents maybe in the office that say i sent out a hundred postcards and it cost me a hundred dollars mm-hmm. and i went Oh my gosh mm. for something that's just that I can reach and target 250 times that well n- yeah uh, yeah tens of thousands of people for a hundred I don't know if $100 would do it maybe maybe anyways depending on what type of, time of the year and how far my ads going on Facebook right if I'm if it's Black Friday I'll hit four people but, if it's you know sure, well, any other time I can reach quite a few people, I'm at least getting a good two, three, four, five thousand people for the same amount of money, and I go, now, why would we do one versus the other mm-hmm. until we come back to what's the value of another ad on an infinite scroll mm-hmm. versus a postcard sent to my house with handwritten note, right mm-hmm. so you know I, I guess then we we do we go back to objective but what do we want to do what are we looking to accomplish
1: um for a quick anecdote here yeah. because and you know my, my wife and i bought a house not all that long ago so we weren't really in the market but i remember when you started uh, the real estate business and you approached this office and you handed me some soup and it was oh, yeah. such a cool <laughs> unique memorable yeah idiosyncratic way that you had to introduce the possibility of relationship building, if it yeah. wasn't for me, but then I still speak about that yeah. to all of these people in Lynchburg, nice, who may be up up in the market for for a real estate agent. Yeah. So it's still and the social media we, we could get that uniform messaging that Zuckerberg can, can, you know, controls in in his uh, yeah, universal yeah, yeah. application. But mm-hmm. when it comes to real estate and the association I now have with soup. That's that's unique, right? Really? That's the interpersonal well, that's connections awesome. that's going to now drive. Because I, I don't do it intentionally, but I will talk about it for people who are looking at agents. And it's you don't want to <laughs> overlook awesome. what that means from our visceral communicative efforts yeah. in addition to the stuff that you're putting on. Well,
0: I never knew that. I'm glad you said something. Now yeah. I want to go buy some more soup because it's been a couple <laughs> years.
1: But and it was tasty. We enjoyed it. We made it. it was I'm very glad. Good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I forget. I, had, I bought a couple different flavors. But I remember I... For me, I'm, I get dumb puns all the time, and, and my friends, they're always like, oh, you know, the yeah. groaners. But I remember that one now that you say it. It was soup. It was a pre-mixed soup at Just Add Meat kind of thing. It was a yeah. nice version of it at Fresh Market or something. And I remember I created the tag, and it said, you and your referrals are super. And it's spelled S O U P. You got it. Very clever. That was and stupid, but like you said, I wanted to make that impression of popping by. And, uh, yeah, I think we lose a lot of that if it just becomes, what I tend to do, um, and some of the followers, or some of the people I follow and listen to, um, talk about, uh, what is it, what is it, push and, push and pray versus push and stay and pull and stay, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, And I I forget the terminology, I have to go back and read that apparently, but, um, You know, wanting them to come to you, not just push it out there and just go push, 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 push. This is who we are. This is who we are. This is what I'm about. This is what I'm about. And hope that enough communication beats down the barrier of what I want them to think of my brand. But in fact, pulling them to stay with me. And that's going to take a whole lot more than just a Facebook post. Mm -hmm. Um, And so how much value is there? And man, that makes me makes me feel bad about how little Popeyes I'm doing now lately. And, and now I need to go back and do some, maybe I'll do some more visiting um, just for the thank you. I'll bring you another soup or something.
1: But going back to the brand, right? Brands yeah. have personalities. Yeah. And I know you personally, yeah. but the, the soup was just kind of an extension. You're yeah. sort of the lucky, fun loving guy that has a great, flourishing real estate practice, but yeah. it's the Soup Association. That now makes me talk about it in a yeah, way yeah, that yeah. I wouldn't talk about other hmm. real estate agents, right? It, sure. it, it's just there; it's top of mind, and it, it comes up when I hear others who are moving to Lynchburg or want want to think about upgrading a house or something along those lines. Yeah, you know, why not? Check this guy out. He actually gave me soup. Yeah, and yeah, it yeah. Seems silly, but it's, <laughs> that's that's what triggers me to continue speaking about it. Yeah. So. So that's public relations. I would say so. So soup is marketing. See. It, what you did with me, though, was we we reinforced our relationship in a new framework, because you knew I wasn't going I wasn't in the market to buy. yeah, but now I'm serving as an advocate for you when we see public relations as advocacy for your service uh, in sort of a secondary, indirect way. Yeah, but now I'm passing your message on to prospective uh, customers. Right. And it does end up in marketing. But I think this is such an interesting discussion because that initial contact point that I have with your brand now that you've been in real estate was the soup was your discussion and service in real estate. But I don't think you were targeting me as a customer, and I think that would have been limited, and that would have adjusted the way that you talked about your service. But from that, I'm now advocating for you indirectly by saying if you're in the market, there's that really no. Nice guy, uh, intelligent guy has got soup and he could maybe hook you up with some soup. I keep going back to that, but it's the yeah, it's, it's the it's personality yeah. that connects it. right? I it's hope that's exactly
0: right. how that conversation goes when you're affirming he's got soup. Maybe you can get some soup. It's a big selling yeah. point for a lot of people. I'm going to have to be the soup guy. It's I, maybe I could just go get a lot of It's fall. it's time for soup it's true the cold weather is coming today was what 62 degrees yeah 63 degrees yes soup is coming okay now i'm doing this for my uh (laughs) for my clients i'm running a bunch of soup out um no i love it i uh i'm gonna i'm gonna check something real quick absolutely okay i don't know what i've done Yeah, so um, because we're here at the campus of the University of Lynchburg, and because I highly doubt they'll ever listen to my podcast, let's do some talking, shall we? Because as we started, and, and we'll, we'll kind of end on this um, here after some minutes. Um, so I am a graduate of Lynchburg College, right. and we are now University of Lynchburg. Right. What do I do? What do, what do folks who graduated from here, what's the, what's the transition look like? Because this is a question I've kind of kind of wondered about. What, what do we do? Do we go buy new t-shirts that say University of Lynchburg? Is that?
1: You are, right, I, I think in terms of stakeholders of the institution, the most valued. I, I would have wanted your voice in the discussion in your decisions about this institution and its future more so than anyone, more so than the faculty, more so than the administration, the alumni is, is really the primary audience, the primary mm-hmm. stakeholder. So to your question and, and kind of how we started this conversation, you're the one who owns the Lynchburg brand, right? What yeah. your perspectives are. So hopefully in, in the event of, of the name change, we had enough of a chance to amplify alumni voices to make sure that this was the right decision. And I, mm-hmm. I won't cast a judgment on that, yep. but it's vitally important. And I also hope that we are able to invite alumni to the school to allow them to see for themselves, these are the changes, and then this is maybe warranting a potential name change. But now that we're here and we've made the decision, I, I think you, you all call the shots, right? Yeah. I, I think that the alumni have to have uh, a a strong opinion or just an informed opinion about why we did it. Yeah. And then how how do you suggest that you graduated from Lynchburg College or the University of Lynchburg? I know that you weren't issued or reissued a diploma, right? It's still Lynchburg Correct. College.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but that that's up to you. You can say now transition into the University of Lynchburg. Could I do
0: that? Could I get a new diploma that says that University of Lynchburg? Good
1: question. <laughs> don't know the answer to it.
0: Are there counselors? No, I don't mean counselors. Are there people we could talk to? Um, maybe safe places we could go and, and, and talk to someone about our, uh, grief of our long lost love of much forgotten. I know, I'm not
1: officially a safe space train, so unfortunately I would not be able to help you with that, but for those who are, it
0: it may be an outlet There's shoulders to cry on somewhere. Could be. We'll call something. Um... Yeah, any any final words? We'll wrap up. Any final words? Bits of advice, entrepreneur-minded, um, the guy out there cutting lawns and wants to do more. Absolutely. Uh, well,
1: authenticity, it's used too many times, but I believe in it because it's inward-focused. Mm-hmm. Start there, it's concrete, and you operate a- against your authenticity. That That's really... You know, a clear story is being able to articulate who you are not as well as who you are. Mm-hmm. And so if you're authentic, you can say both of those sides and you continue building from your strengths. And that's identity, right? And that, that's that's what I hope organizations can remember as you expand into social networks, as you uh, expand or build or grow your business and your client roster. Remember that you can explain your strengths and what you cannot do. And then you're, you're going to be stronger that way because you're mm-hmm. transparent and you're
0: authentic. I like that. And and talking from a lot of the, I guess, coaching, training, thought process, you know, I led a recent, a, a, a big group of, for, for marketing in real estate or led this little class, I guess, if you will. And I talked about values based mindset, me and my coach, that's what we spend a lot of time on. How intentional are you about the values that you hold slash, um, Preparing to engage in those values. Yeah. Um, even from the new workout, right? And I hit an, I hit what I thought was a light workout. My coach also does CrossFit and he's given me workouts and this and that, he's kind of taking that aspect as well. Because right. physical fitness just allows you to do more mentally and physically and emotionally, and, right? And I hit this workout and I remember telling the guy I was working out with, I was like, oh, apparently today's a light day. Because I thought it was going to be an easy workout. Mm hmm. And then I did the workout, and I just brick wall, right? And I went to the no-no place of just, like, (laughs) bad. Um, And it just burned me up. And then I looked at, I had two bottles of water all day, Mm -hmm. and I ate two fairly large pieces of pizza Mm -hmm. two hours before. Eat dairy before your workout and see how that goes. (laughs) Um, We won't go into why, but how prepared was I to execute into something that I know is good for me, right? Mm-hmm. Values—they're good for you, right? These, are, and how prepared? What decisions do you make all the time, every day, day in and day out, preparing to engage in those values? And so we talk about communication. You're talking about values, authenticity—being authentic to what do you want to own? What do you want to talk about? What do you tell people who you are? Mm-hmm. Are you prepared to engage in those? Mm-hmm. Even in a communicative stance, um, that's a very interesting topic. It's all swirling around. I like this uh, values talk. Yeah. Um, Thank you again for joining me on this. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been fun. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, if if they wanted to get in touch with you, if, if some listener down the road, whether tomorrow or way down the road and was like, I have to hear more from Dr. Lange, can they get a hold of you? Please do. Got the, the
1: email address on the University of Lynchburg website. You'll find it under the Department of Communication. Awesome. But I'm happy to, to field any follow-up questions.
0: Cool. Thank you again. And Thank uh, you. Hey guys, thanks for listening and we will talk to you soon.